to episode number 98 of Comic Talk, the podcast. How the hell are you? Can you believe that shit? Episode 98. Today is Sunday, April the 4th. Early morning, April 4th. Shots ring out in the Memphis sky. Free at last. They took your life. They could not take your pride. Those are some lyrics from Pride in the Name of Love by the great U2. Speaking of the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., rest in peace. Happy Easter, everybody. How the hell are you? I'm good, man. Kicked it solo this Easter, just me and the dog. We made a steak. We had some steak for lunch. What do we have for breakfast? I think we have leftovers for breakfast. And uh, we just did laundry and we just did our thing, man. We had a pretty good day. Um, got to go to a improv show yesterday at the Sacramento Comedy Spot. That was awesome to be out. It was kind of chilly though, man. I'll tell you, I'm, okay, I don't want to sound like I'm just like complaining, but it was hot as hell like all week long. But at night, it's freaking freezing. So uh, uh, bundled up, went out to the Sacramento Comedy Spot, out on the street, uh, got to watch some improv from uh, ACL, their flagship show. And uh, the night before, they had comedy uh, like Emma Haney, Robert Amoto, Johnny Taylor was the headliner. And uh, this Friday, they're having comedy again. And I think they're going to have an open mic. I've been checking their website. I hope I didn't miss the signups because they were only going to allow like 12 people. But I guess it's going to happen every Friday. So if I can't get on this Friday, then I'll try again next Friday. Or the Friday after that. Or the Friday after that. Or the Friday after that. Because I am fully vaccinated. I'm back, baby. It's the Summer of Jesse 2021 edition. Yes. I'm super excited. Um, got my second dose of Pfizer on Wednesday. And like CDC says, two weeks after that, you're fully vaccinated. But I was reading some stuff on the internet. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, there has been studies that show that you're like at 94, 95% uh, Pfizer one week after the second shot. But, you know, I'm still, I'm seeing, I'm, I'm going out a little bit more often than normal, but I'm definitely, like, not going to bars or, like, bathhouses and, like, making out with strangers. Nothing crazy like that. Um, still social distancing. I mean, you still got to wear a mask anywhere you go, so I don't know. But hopefully um, they're saying we can start going to baseball games and concerts again. I hope so because I have tickets to two great shows in June, uh, Rage Against the Machine in Oakland and um, what's his name, Chris Stapleton, uh, uh, at we and in Wheatland. So I hope I get to go to uh, those shows because those are right around the corner, and uh, I would be stoked uh, to get to see some live music here in the next couple of months. But anyway, all right, enough about all that. This is episode ninety-eight of I'm still calling it Comic Talk, the podcast, but. Not not a lot of comics talking on here lately. Lately, it's been uh, some of the coolest people I know coming on, still via Zoom. No one's coming into the house yet. And we are talking top five stuff. This week, we had a great chat about the top five synth pop albums released between 1983 and 1988. Yes, I know that's a very narrow window, but... We had to do that on purpose because there is just like, if you look at all the great synth pop music that was released like between like 1979 up until like 92, like if we just said the best synth pop albums of all time, 
what, there would have been fisticuffs. Like, it was hard enough to settle on five between this tiny time period. If we would have done the whole thing, um, we're definitely going to do a part two, maybe even a part three, because there's so many albums. Because, like, with this time frame, we couldn't talk about, for example, we couldn't talk about Depeche Mode Violator. We couldn't talk about Yaz upstairs at Eric's. We couldn't talk about uh, so much uh, of the Cure stuff. You know, even some of New Order stuff, uh, some of their good stuff, came, great stuff, came after 87. So we're definitely going to have to do um, a continuation of this one because there was still too many albums that we didn't get to talk about uh, that we would have loved to talk about. Um, we might have to just do a whole, like, bands like Depeche Mode, The Cure, New Order... I think we're going to have to devote an entire episode to bands like that because there's just so much stuff in their catalog and their music means so much to all of us. Well, all of my, my friends, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that can't stand the bands, but the people that I hang with, the people that are important to me in my conversations about music and pop culture, we love those bands. We also love bands like the Thompson Twins and AHA and Erasure and... I think we talk about all of these bands in this podcast, so uh, I'll stop babbling now. Hey, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging in there. Please, if you're able to, I know some people, like, they have conditions and they can't get the vaccine. That's cool, man. I get it. If you're able to, go get vaccinated so we can get back out there and we can start having fun, and this could be a great summer for everybody. If you're not able to, don't worry. Hopefully enough people will get vaccinated that you'll be protected in the herd. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, enough, enough. Here we go. Top five best synth pop albums released between 1983 and 1988. Have I even mentioned who my guests are? I haven't. Fuck, I'm six minutes in and I haven't even talked about my guest hosts. My guest hosts for this are... My good friend, Alicia, who has been on several of my podcasts before. Um, she was on my top five rom-coms. She was on my top soundtracks um, podcast. And we also have uh, Sarah, who is back. She was in the top five hair metal bands podcast. Sarah and Alicia and I all grew up in Bakersfield, California. So we know what it's like to really appreciate the good music that was on the radio because not a lot going on in that in that town back in the 80s and 90s, and radio really saved us. So we talk a lot about music, growing up in Bakersfield, this great music that we got to listen to when we were young and that we still listen to and appreciate now as we are not so young, all right? Anyway, episode number 98, Comic Talk... I just dropped my phone. <laughs> episode number... 98, Comic Talk, the podcast, top five synth pop albums, 1983, 1988, Jesse, Sarah, and Alicia. Have a great day. Peace. Bye. Alicia, Sarah, how the hell are you guys? So we are doing good. <laughs> really, really good. Thanks for having us. Man, thanks. Thanks for, uh, this is like, this absolutely is a dream team right here. Um <laughs> I never, I, I like these two great friends that I have, Sarah, but much newer friend in my world, but just like rising up in the ranks every, 
Like every every Facebook and Instagram post, Sarah just moves up a notch in the like amazing friends category. <laughs> and uh, of course, Alicia holding down that number one spot in the cool friends uh, uh, category. But I don't know, man, Sarah, just up and coming with the bull. <laughs> I'm honored and it is such a privilege to be here amongst your guys's ranks because I feel like I'm just that still that little kid that's just like trying to eke through that next like level generation of like no no like I I like the same things I know the same things um you know it's like the eternal elder millennial um dilemma for me of like I don't belong in either generation and I keep trying to like straddle both no, so I'm I, so excited to be with the cool kids today. No, I think that's part of like my, my admiration of you is that like, I was also that, that little brother that just wanted to like, that got all the trickle down music from like his brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and, and, and also just wanted so badly to be like cool. So um, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's, that's kind of what it is. Alicia, how are you doing today? Good. Um, I always feel really, um, it makes me happy when Jesse asked me to be involved in the podcast for whatever reason, and especially when it has to do with music. So um, I appreciate that my opinion matters and I'm always happy to, to contribute. So, and then with Sarah, really happy to meet Sarah finally. Uh, yes. For a long time, Jesse would, uh, say to me oh you would like my friend Sarah you'd really like my friend Sarah and then I watched the hair metal podcast and I went she's totally my people of course like all the things that you were saying were jiving with me and then I, I got a hold of Jesse and I said you know what we are very similar I can see where you would like make that connection with us just in our the way that we talk and the way that we interact and and stuff so I'm I'm thrilled to be here super excited. And I, I think we have to give a shout out to what binds us all together. And that is our hometown of Bakersfield, right? There's got to be something in the water there. People can say whatever they want about Bakersfield, but I think having grown up in a small community at a certain time in our lives, then really does, I think, connect us to the things that are like the, like good and classic. And, you know, we didn't have all the distractions and all the stuff of like, being in quote the big city and like, I don't know, it, it was, there was a wholesomeness to growing up there um, and that like tight knit community. And when you say you're from the Central Valley or from, you know, especially Bakersfield, it's a, it's a tie that binds. So I think we have to recognize what brings us all together today as well. It's really good. Glad you made that. Okay. So we got to, we're getting together today and we uh, a very, uh, very narrow broad topic but it's, it's it could be it could have been like way out of the water but that's why i was like okay we're gonna do top five synth pop bands or albums excuse me alicia just panicked i know <laughs> top five synth pop albums uh released between 1983 and 1988 and uh you know just so much good music in this time frame that uh at, at, at times it was super easy, but at other times I was just like, I was like arguing with myself, like that's not even synth pop. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I would like Google is such a such synth pop. And it's like, no, <laughs> but um, I, I'm really happy with my uh, top five. And 
a lot of emotion. And really for me, um, it's, it's th this won't be the case for Sarah, definitely. But uh, I don't even know for Alicia, but with me, so many of the records that made my top five and even the records that we're probably going to talk about as like runners up or that are in your list, this stuff came out like when I was a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior in high school. And those are like real formidable years. I think somebody once said that like the stuff you love when you're 14 is like the stuff you end up loving your whole life. I think like, um, but we'll, we'll see how, how that, how that goes. Um, Sarah, oh God, I don't want to put Sarah on the spot right now. Sarah is a freaking karaoke star. <laughs> Sarah karaoke the other night she's amazing she gives it her all but let me tell you if you ever get a chance to do a zoom karaoke party with a bunch of improv kids you need to do yourself that favor will not regret it over the top oh my god it was so much fun uh I jumped in for about a little bit over an hour and uh, I did my rendition of Cindy Lauper's Shebop which I freaking love and never realized how dirty that, I knew that song was dirty. <laughs> I mean, I, I know what she's talking about, but I never realized, wow, that's that's deep. It's <laughs> yeah, pretty bad. Yeah, it was bad. So- um, I just had, a, I just no. really quick, when you had first brought up what this topic was gonna be, my understanding was it was new wave artists and then um, new wave albums. And uh -huh. then when you threw synth pop in there, I was like, oh, oh maybe I should rethink this. And so I had to like, kind of look up, like, is this considered synth pop? And I was pleasantly <laughs> put at ease. All right. Well, but I struggled a little bit. Since you're there, do you want to, you want to <laughs> kick us off with your number five? Yeah, sure. I can do Let's, that. Yeah, um, are we ready to jump into this? I'm ready. Yes. Yeah. I'm ready. And we'll do, did you guys do some also rants or some honorable mentions? Yep. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do the honorable honorable mentions uh, right before our number ones. Okay. So okay. you're like, is he going to do it? Yeah, that's when we'll do it. So Alicia, what is your number five synth pop? Okay. Um, I'm going to, I decided after I made this list that I was going to switch because what I'm going to do is give this particular um, album a nod because it was so close that I, I had, to, it was like a last minute decision. Anyway, it's the Eurythmics, Be Yourself Tonight. Ooh. And um, I was gonna put Touch. And then I, I started listening to it, like last night as I was going around the house and I went, you know what? Be Yourself Tonight is just so strong. And um, it hurt a little bit because I'm so obsessed with Who's That Girl? Like that's like in my regular rotation all the time. And it had to lose out because would I lie to you? And there must be an angel, please. I love that song so much. Um, it's all right, baby's coming back. And then the one that she did with uh, Aretha Franklin's sisters are doing it for themselves. So I went, nah, no, I gotta go with that album. So yeah, that's my number five. Love, 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 love Annie Lennox. I, yeah, I love Annie Lennox. When I first sat down to do my list, uh, the Eurythmics was the first band that I pulled out. And um, yeah, yeah. Not for nothing, yeah. Yeah, love me some Eurythmics. Uh, love, me some, love me some solo Annie Lennox. Yes. 
Um, Sarah, what do you have at your number five? So I like the way we think, and I, I did a little bit of last minute changes, um, probably within the last hour getting ready for the show. And I actually did have the Eurythmics as my number five. And then I did a last minute change. Um, and I actually wanted to, um, okay, let me preface this. The way that I thought about this list is I thought about it a little bit more big, like I thought about it big picture as I did with like how I did with the metal, um, the kind of glam rock metal bands um, in terms of the music that really built the foundation for what we now have as like electronica and like everything that is kind of like synthesized music, right? And that these bands really paved the way for it with a very experimental sound. So I actually, my number five, I changed it um, to what you're wearing, Alicia, to Erasure's The Innocence album. Yeah. Um, and as I was doing a lot of reading about Erasure, because I, I, I've i heard all of the, their like popular singles and all of their songs and never really had a sense of the, the albums. Again, because I was getting a lot of my music filtered through my oldest brother, who he was buying the albums and would just like play it. And I just was constantly surrounded by this music. So I actually, they always seemed popular to me, but I didn't realize that it wasn't until their third album that they really bro broke through in the US. Like they were big in the UK. Um, and so what a lot of people now know is their greatest hits, like A Little Respect and Chains of Love, um, was all in that third album. But my, I mean, I still get like all the feels whenever I listen to Ola Amor, um, which was from their first album. Um, Wonderland, yeah. So, so yeah, so, and I think that Eurasia just had a very cool, different sound that was coming out of the UK in the early 80s. And um it was hard though, like Eurythmics and Eurasia are like right there, but I just, I love that album so much. So I, I've got them as my number five. Yay. Awesome, Erasure. I'm not mad, I'm not mad. Okay. <laughs> no, no. okay, my number five. Okay, so uh, what the, this single came out, like I was like in, in eighth grade and like in seventh and eighth grade, like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, like there was like, like hip hop was just being born so like we were really stuck on like Malcolm McLaren and like breakdancing, but then also like Thriller and Prince, they were out. So like uh, there was a lot of like R&B, like uh, urban music that was that was hot on the contemporary charts, right? So like we still hadn't had that next wave uh, hit us just yet, but like this single came out and it was freaking amazing. And this is like, this was like my gateway to like this whole new world of like synth pop. But for me, it's uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Um, this record is, and also like this record like introduced the world to the production of, uh, oh my God, is it Trevor Horn? Oh my God. Is it, yeah, Trevor Horn produced this record. And um, I was like the, the relaxed video. So there was a day when, um, a bunch of us cut school and we're at my friend's house and uh we called the radio station and we all like yelled uh hey we're just kicking back and we want to hear and like all of us yelled relax by frankie goes to hollywood <laughs> and they played us on the radio and we recorded it <laughs> the kkxx 
It had to be KKXX, yeah. <laughs> and um, we were like, oh my God, we're stars. We're going to go back to school tomorrow and be so famous. But no, we went back to school tomorrow and we were uh, all on the <laughs> Um, oh God! <laughs> yeah, uh, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Is my number five. Uh, the videos were all so great. The relax video, the true, the two tribes video. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't get tired of this record. I listened to it the other night, um, and yeah, it's it's a great record. And for me, like I said, it was like a crossover. It was like a gateway into like, what is this other sound? What are, what are these? What are these synthesizers I'm hearing? What are these beats and these drum machines? And um, it was great. And I had, yeah, Frank Hills of Hollywood. Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Awesome. Alicia, what is your number four? Um, I wish I could have put this one higher, but my top three are so strong. Um, my number four is... Um, the Circus by Erasure. Ooh. And um, this is uh, their second album, I believe. Um, Wonderland was their first, and I, I have that on cassette. Um, Who Needs Love Like That? My favorite song off of that one is Heavenly Action, but I, I die for Ola Moore as well. Um, but The Circus had Sometimes Victim of Love, It Doesn't Have to Be, um, don't dance, leave me to bleed. I mean, it was, I listened to it last night and it was so good. And I remembered all of the words. Doesn't that amaze you sometimes? Like you, you haven't heard a particular album and you're like, how do I remember all these words? I haven't heard this in like 20 years. Yeah. But there I was, yeah, last night just jamming out. Um, I like this one um, so much. I, I do like the innocence, but I had been on this erasure train for so long at that point that when they came out with um the little respect and um chains of love and all that stuff i was just like oh okay now we're all commercial Woo, you know whatever oh wow <laughs> which i still love that album but i feel like that was their not their sellout moment but you know that's when they broke that's when they hit it really big um but i do love the circus because it takes me back to my freshman year in high school Brian used to play this all the time in his little Acura. We would play the hell out of the circus album. And it was, it just, I'm, I'm driving down, you know, Truxton and turning on Westwind and going to school, you know? <laughs> so it evokes all those emotions too, but um, yeah, good times. I love, love, love the circus. Awesome, awesome. Erasure already on the list two times. As, our, Erasure's already been mentioned twice and we've only, we're only four albums deep. So, <laughs> wow uh, and, and the circus yeah. is such a good album and it really was like I think that really does deserve like that's where they kind of really hit their fame in the UK um and I agree number three and then by the time they got to the US they were already kind of like not old news but it was kind of like all the cool kids already the cool kids knew about them when they had their second album right, right. and then everybody else they became mainstream with their third one right. so that's right. a good choice yeah. All right. Sarah, what is your number four? So my number four is um, Pet Shop Boys, Actually. Actually. I love that album. I went through it earlier today and just every single song, it just, it, it hits like every single mm -hmm. song. And what I love for me, the Pet Shop Boys 
was, you know, very young when they came out. And um, I really, you know, we had a fairly sheltered, I had a sheltered childhood, um, very sheltered, very privileged in Bakersfield. I didn't know really anything about the LGBTQ community at all. Like, right. And we weren't talking about it in the eighties and the pet shop boys, I will never forget the conversation my brother had with me um, because, you know, I didn't know who they were singing to. Right. I was like, Oh, are they singing to their girlfriend? And that was the very first conversation my brother had with me about different types of love. Um, And um, they were one of the few bands that really, spoke honestly about the, you know, the good and the bad and the ugly and everything that the um, LGBTQ community was going through in the eighties, which was a rough time. Um, They had their own epidemic that they were dealing with. Sorry, I'm getting super deep into this, but I just think on so many levels, they're a great band and they gave a voice to that generation and to that community in a way that when you listen to It's a Sin, it just like my heart breaks, right? And now that I listen to it with a different understanding and just everything that they're dealing with about the trials and tribulations of their relationships and then just coming coming out literally. And, um, and then all of their subsequent albums where they really lean into it. And they're like, no, we're gonna sing about this. We're gonna talk about this. Like, we're gonna take you through all the emotions that, you know, we experience, right? And, and I just think it's beautiful and how they, in a very beautiful way, made really great music that spoke to a generation, spoke to a community and is very lasting music and it's catchy and it's in all the clubs and just every single song on that album, amazing. I I, I can't choose a favorite one, they're all so great. Did that one have the um, the duet with Dusty Springfield? What, uh, what have I done to deserve this? Yes, or- that's like the very first track, yes. Okay, cool, yeah, yeah I love that. What have I done this to deserve must- this? One More Chance, Shopping, West End Girls, It's awesome. a Sin, I mean, like all of all of them it's uh, so yeah. good because uh, this was also on the on the acura playlist too in oh. ryan's car <laughs> the acura playlist. Oh, you know uh sarah i i really love that that you pointed out like everything that you said about the uh the lgbt community and um because it's really helps me segue into like some of the things i wanted to say about my number four album is that, you know, I like, yeah, Bakersfield, very small, very narrow-minded. I grew up in Lamont, which was even smaller and more narrow-minded. And I, like, there were maybe that were out in our high school. Like, I graduated in 1989. There were maybe, like, two kids that were out and, like, maybe about 10 that were closeted and, like, you know, others that were like, what's up with that guy, you know, but it definitely was not something that was talked about or like wasn't shared, you know, and um, when I started working at the warehouse was like 1992, like you just, like, it was just this, this melting pot of like all the cool kids. There was like the metal kid, the goth kid, the hip hop kid, you know, the, the R&B girl, and the gay boy who like introduced me to like all this great fucking music. And it was really like the first time I had like this great friendship with like this, this gay guy. And it was so, his name was James Robinson. And, and, and when like the managers would go home like at eight o'clock and James would go to his car and get all the good music and bring it in. And we would dance and clean and sing. And he taught me so much about, um, the you know, new order 
the Pet Shop Boys, all this great music. And his favorite band was my number four, Erasure. <laughs> <laughs> and he would tell me so much about the lead singer, how he was like, he's like, he knew everything about the lead singer. And he's all, he's all, he's just looking for like a boy that he could love. And that could be me. Like, <laughs> he was so in love with them. He, he schooled me, man. And I love this record so much. Uh, James, unfortunately, passed away of complications to HIV uh, maybe five years ago. And wow. his last years were very tragic. And, you know, a couple of emails here and there, well, Insta, what, uh, Facebook messages here and there. And he still, um, I, I always thanked him. And he always still tried to like, oh, you got to listen to this. And you got to listen to this. And, um yeah, I, I love that 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 you said all that about the Pet Shop Boys because it really resonates uh, with so much of this music and so much of that community and giving them not only a voice but a damn good voice. Uh, yeah, exactly. and like yeah, uh, give a little um, this. I listened to this album the other night and it just from beginning to end a little respect. Ship of Fools, Phantom Bride, Chains of Love. Um, there's a concert, a full concert. Um, on YouTube from uh, the era of this album. And it's like watching a Britney Spears show. There's so much dancing and choreography and everything is spot on. He was such a performer. And then there's something from like a pride festival in Rio, like three years ago. And he is still like in these tiny shorts. They're like that long. Yeah. Yeah. And he is still uh, um, amazing. And um, yeah, I definitely, so I saw them at the, right when you're Whoa. saying at the will turn, right. But this is the oh, shirt yeah. that I got at that concert world be gone tour, I think is what it was, but it was, I believe it was 2018. Yeah. And, um, still, I mean, his voice has not aged a day, like still hit all the freaking high notes. It was insane. And he had these two black ladies that were singing next to him and doing yes. the moves and yeah i mean they sounded impeccable they sounded awesome uh -huh. but yeah which now it's you're, you're choosing the innocence album also jess yes the innocence okay. yep yeah cool. erasure the innocence okay uh alicia you're number three okay um i had to go this was as high as i could put this album or this group even though um, in fifth grade, I decorated an entire wall in posters of this group. Um, but Who didn't? I was gonna go Rio, but I'm going seven in the Ragged Tiger, Duran Ooh, Duran. Really? Yeah. Seven in the Ragged Tiger. Because when I listened to Fire it last Monster? night, yeah, yeah. I mean, a nod to Rio, of course. Um, because I love, yeah, I love that album. Um, not, I mean, not only like, you know, Hold Back the Rain, uh, whatchamacallit, Rio and Hungry Like the Wolf and Save a Prayer, but I mean, I loved New Religion. That was one of my favorite tracks off that album. And of course, everybody loves the show first song. So, and the video. <laughs> but um, I just, I had so many feelings about Seven and the Ragged Tiger. And when I put it on, and I started singing every single damn word 
from one song to the next song to the next song, I went, I have to go this way. And also those videos from that particular album were ahead of their time. Um, brilliant. I believe they still stuck with Russell Mulcahy as the director for from Hungry Like a Wolf. They, he was their go-to guy for many, many years. So it all played out like a story and uh, movie sequels, like it was awesome. So I don't know, I connect to that with, yeah, fifth grade, good times. So um, that had, um, besides with the reflex and new moon and union of the snake, um, I'm looking for cracks in the pavement. I take the dice, crime and passion. I mean, it had a lot of really solid tracks. It was like a, you were getting pummeled uh -huh. from one song to the next. But um, yeah, love me some Duran Duran. And like I said, I saw them at um, Irvine Meadows not too long ago. And, oh, and nice. it's obvious Simon Levon hasn't smoked anytime recently because his voice still sounds amazing. And it always floors me when, when 80s singers, because they weren't that much older than us. You know yeah. what I mean? Like right. if I was in, you know, fifth grade and I was 10 years old, Simon Lee Bond was 25 years old or something like that, you know, and and to think he's only 15 years older than us right now and he still sounds so good. Yeah. I mean, he's doing something right with his health or well-being or something. But because yeah, it's not that's not always the case. I mean, Boy George's voice certainly doesn't sound the same. Right. Yeah, I, I heard one of them on a podcast once and they were really smart and realized, um, I think after the seven and the ragged, no, I think after the, the Rio tour that they were burning out and that they that they needed to take better care of themselves. And they and they as as hard as they toured, they would rest and they they all like they all bought homes right next to each other uh, on in Aruba. And they 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 knew how to how to um, how to restore themselves after a tour. So that's probably part of like why they're still so strong musically and or physically and musically that you know they 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 realized at an early age like uh, that we they needed to take care of themselves if they if they were in this for the long run. Right, that's like living the dream. Buy buy houses next to your friends and your bandmates in Aruba. In Aruba. Yeah, yeah. They all... I'd, be, I'd be like looking like a sprightly 21 year old if I could do that. Yeah. And, the, and like one of them, one of them was first and told the others, dude, you guys got to do this. And they all did. And they all like have houses right, right next to each other on the beach. And why, and why wouldn't they? That's where they filmed half of their videos, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sarah, what is your number three? All right. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Duran Duran because I was struggling about where to put them. And okay, so here begins my technicalities where I'm going to sneak in an album given our eight, our year range, right? So I love New Order. Um, and actually one of their albums that is actually my favorite came out in 1989. However, for the purpose of our list that we said 83 to 88, I, I'm cheating a little bit and I'm putting a compilation. So I'm putting New Order Substance. Because I <laughs> it's cheating and i'm sorry not sorry because all of their really greatest like a really great songs are all on that um I, I mean you can listen to the entire album and every song that you love um is in there but i i would be remiss if i didn't say that new order's technique that came out in 1989 is another one of those songs where every song is amazing i was just listening to it before and it broke my heart that we stopped at 88 because i feel like that album just everything is amazing and it just the sound is so cool and every song 
you know, I, I think some of the criticism that people who don't really understand or know 80 synth music is that they're like, oh, all the songs sound the same. And it's like, you're clearly not listening. Like just because it's a similar sound because they're using synthesized music, like the art that is the music, the lyrics, um, the beats, um, the experimental sounds, like if you're really truly listening, every song is different and amazing in its own way. So, um, so officially my number three is New Order Substance. Unofficially, I want it to be New Order's Technique. So that's I just think fighting that both in. It begs for like a sequel because that cutoff, that sucked. That could go pound sand because it was tough to deal with. I, I get it, but I just, I wanted to put substance. I really, really did. But then Jesse has feels about compilations. I so I, I did not. But <laughs> you know what? I almost did it this morning, but I didn't want to have to like backtrack and explain myself. And I, know. I almost did it, but New Order Substance is it's like, solid. It's the solid. perfect greatest hits. And for a lot of people, like it was their introduction to New Order because like not everybody was cool enough to just be buying the records because it wasn't one, they they were kind of scarce in America. They were really big, right? Uh, but in as I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I almost did it. I'm so glad you did it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for forgiving me for doing it. I knew it was not going to be okay, but I have had so much angst and so much like anxiety about this, but I, I couldn't, cause I couldn't figure out which album would I put. And I was like, but I love substance. It's just so good. And it really it kind of like hits all of like all of their hits that it really, it, it is the gateway to if you're just picking up, you know, an album, you're at the air warehouse and you're trying to figure out who is this band, that's probably the one that I would recommend if I was one of those cool kids who work there and be like, you know what, if you're not sure if you're going to like them, maybe pick up this, pick up substance, see if you like their sound and you will get hooked and then you will go from there. So yeah, I just love that album. substance has, um, 1963 on it and confusion and temptation and ceremony and um shell shock so i just love that that particular album you hit all of those and then some exactly and i love that ceremony is the first track like i love that song and then you know uh, jesse you just posted a couple of days ago about the killers which is one of my favorite bands um and they um they're kind of rendition of the, the shadow play is basically taking the same beat from ceremony and I didn't make that connection I just knew how much I love the song shadow play and I couldn't figure out what it was about I couldn't get enough of it and my brother's like oh because it's it's they took it off of like a new order song What's and then it just made me realize again the whole point of these bands really created the foundation of a lot of modern like rock and alternative music that we now listen to because of their experimentation, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I love The Killers, but one of my biggest uh, critiques about The Killers is that like, they, 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 they can't just be The Killers. Like Brandon wants to write and be Bruce Springsteen and the band wants to sound like The Cars mm -hmm. and New Order and all these great synth pop bands. So that's like my biggest criticism of the killers, but Samstown is a, is perfection. But yeah, we'll we'll stick to we'll stick to uh, the synth pop stuff. Okay, so my number three, uh, I don't know, I think Sarah kind of stole my thunder right here, um, but because I really so I was going through all my New Order records this morning, and I was like, 
which one is it going to be um, the, to make the list? And I almost just gave up and said substance, but I have that that greatest hits thing that I I just need to get over it. And uh, but um, <laughs> I finally ended up with uh, New Order, Low Life. Um, oh my god, I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so great. Um, you know, and then they, their, their records. Okay, look, so you're in the record store and you're going to buy this. What's on this record? I don't know. Because they don't say. All, all the kids, yeah. 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 And then uh, even like the jacket, there's just. So you can't even, you can't really see what's on the record until uh, you take it out. And then look how simple it is. Um, yeah. But um, love they don't the need you. They don't need you singing back to them at a concert, apparently. Yeah, Love Vigilante is the perfect uh, Side two, starting off with, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Eligia, I don't know. Eligia, Eligia. That's a great album. New Order is such a great band. And let me, let me tell you guys that I saw New Order in San Francisco, like probably in 2015. And it was the happiest I had ever seen people in my life. Um, everyone just dancing and singing and hugging. And it was just such, such a great feeling. Um, I don't know. Uh, New Order is such a great band. Um, I don't know. Will we hear, will we hear from them anymore in this list? I think we will. Um, going back to Duran Duran, my favorite track on that Duran Duran. I forgot to share. Yeah. Oh yeah. There it is. Okay. New Order. Oh, my favorite track off Seven of the Ragged Tiger is New Moon on Monday. I, that's like one of my favorite to sing along to. But I almost uh, wreck and veer off the road anytime Wild Boys comes on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a speeding ticket one of these days when Wild Boys comes on the radio. Hopefully they'll understand. Um, okay, we're, we're moving on. We're at our number two. Alicia, what is your number two? I had a uh, new order low life shocker. Nice. Really? Yeah, that was my number two. Because every single, I mean, there's only eight songs on this damn thing. But every single one of them plays one right into the other so seamlessly. It's like yeah. a story. And um, I just, I, we would put it on a Saturday morning and clean the house and flip it over and hear side B. And it's just, it plays to this day. It's like timeless. It hasn't even like aged a day. It's yeah. still so good to listen to. It, going back to like side B, it kind of like, like, like side A, like just starts off and it's a party and it climaxes and side B, it kind of resets itself and starts off slow again and kind of just builds up. Uh, they're such a solid band. Um, but yeah. then they, they, they hit you with subculture on side B and then you're like, woo, yeah. <laughs> no, you're like, woo, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Sarah, what is your number two? Okay, so my number two takes a little bit of a different direction um, and uh, just all around great band. I can't believe I haven't seen them live yet, but mine, um, I had to put the cure on here somewhere. Um, so I gave the cures, the head on the door, my number two spot. Um, but this was hard because 
Um, I think it was Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me has um, had a lot of great songs on it. Just Like Heaven is probably the one that people would most recognize. But as I went through each album, um, I think the Head on the Door had the most, um, not only just hits, but also the songs that um, didn't come out as singles were all really good. Um, I remember discovering Six Different Ways when I was in college, that song that a lot of people didn't know. And I actually discovered it in this James Vanderbeek kind of like indie film, um, which was just super random. And the name of the movie is called Six Different Ways. And they had that song as kind of like their title track um, and their soundtrack. Um, but, you know, The Cure is just that music that you listen to that hits every emotion. And it is the original emo as far as I'm concerned right yeah. just all of the I like I don't give a I don't give an f type you know music and just life is hard and um but also in this way that they use so many different instrumentals as well as like the synth um, synthesized music um and you know push is one of my favorite songs and there's like a good like two minutes of just instrumental music before you actually end up getting to the lyrics. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that they just play with their songs um, and that they were kind of edgy and different um, and didn't, and Robert Smith didn't care. Um, you know, my, my favorite, favorite, favorite The Cure song, which is totally probably a sellout, really is Friday I'm in Love from their Wish album, um, which came out in like the early 90s. So that doesn't meet our criteria. But I just think all of the songs in Head in the Door have a different emotion that goes with it. Um, but, but yeah, like you could just listen to it. It's almost like that generation's classical music sometimes, if you think about it. Like you could just have it in the background and just zone out. You could have it in like rock out. It, it, it fits any mood that you're in. I just listened to Night Like This last night. Oh, so good. <laughs> and you know, it's always Im impressed me about The Cures that um, how do you be so, how can you be so emo and then still make happy music? Yeah. <laughs> because all of their songs are poppy and, and chipper. Well, not all of them, but a good deal of them are. And they would always put me into like a good mood. Um, in between days and close to me, you know, they're just so do, 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 you know, and, and you can't help but kind of like bop your head along. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> but, it's amazing because just like heaven, I didn't know this. It sounds like such a happy peppy song, but my understanding, if, if hopefully I meant to look this up earlier is I think it's about his sister committing suicide. Um, and so I think also the way that they take a really heavy subject, right? Or like the emotion behind it and the way that they can juxtapose it with the type of music. So it's not just a sad song with sad, you know, chords and sad, uh, kind of a heavier sound that they'll take a sad subject and put a poppy sound to it or vice versa. Um, and, um, you know, like my go-to kind of breakup song is Pictures of You. Again, these are on all different <laughs> albums. I really just want number two to be The Cure, but I had to choose an album. So I chose The Head on the Door. But, um, but yeah, they're just, they're amazing. They're amazing musicians and artists. Like, it's just like, it's great. Well, does this mean that, um, oh, I moved my contact lens. Okay. Does this mean that we need to uh, <laughs> come back together like in June or May and do top five Cure songs or top five Cure albums? Is that, is that is probably? That I think this is not this is the first of many meetings that we're going to have. Yeah, I think we're gonna need to get together again soon and do uh, top five songs by the Cure or top five albums. We'll we'll hash that yeah. out. We'll hash Actually, that out. Yeah. For sure. Like just 
shift that little, the time window, you know, because like Sarah was saying, 1989 still had some really mm-hmm. hot stuff available oh, in this genre. Then do we just need to continue this and do 89 through 92? Well, I, cause there was still like, I know that like the early nineties and grunge came into the picture. There was still this type of music being made. It just wasn't Seattle. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there was still some like viable synth pop to be well, had. How about, uh, um, Depeche Mode's um, 92 album, Songs of Faith and Devotion. Uh, yeah, see, that's what of, I'm saying. Kind yeah. of merged okay. um, that, that Seattle sound with that synth sound and just came up with something truly dark and melodic and just beautiful, you know? Yeah. Okay, uh, where are we? Oh, my number two, right? That's where we're at? Yeah, okay. number two, yeah. Yeah, my number two, this was really hard. Um, I didn't know... Yeah, I wasn't sure which album to put on. I was like, wait, did I put that? Because I saw this and then what I have down here. But um, my number two released September 26, 1987. Oh, good choice. I'm so glad this made it. Um, look how well I take care of this puppy. I, I For the longest time, uh, Violator, there was like, without a doubt, Violator was my favorite Depeche Mode record. Um, it just has such deep personal meaning to me. Um, now, wasn't that, is that the 90s or are we still yeah, in 89 ish? Yeah, Violator came out in uh, March yeah, of 90. Violator was like 90, was 90, right? right? Yeah, yeah, so that, that's why Violator couldn't make the list. Right, um, right. And then I was torn between, uh, dude, they released Black Celebration in March of 86 and then released this in September of 87. Yep. That is some insane, and this, of course, has everything on it, um, and then this went on to become the 101 tour, mm-hmm. right, and um, this put Depeche Mode just at the top of the world, um, and I, I can't say enough about this record and, like, just how many, how it, it, it just introduced, well, literally, to the masses, right, that, that, that is called Music for the Masses, and it was what their fifth or sixth album. I I can't remember exactly what Wikipedia said, but I think Wikipedia also is counting catching up with Depeche Mode as an album. But that's that's like a compilation. Yeah, uh, it's a great compilation too, by the way. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Depeche Mode music for the masses is my number two. And- I just have questions now because you put that at number two. I know. I'm very surprised. I didn't, <laughs> unless, unless I'm very curious to see what your number one is going to be then. Oh yeah. My number one. Yeah. My number one was my number one from the very beginning because I listened to it so much and uh, well, I'll get to it. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so since I'm here and um, we're about to get into our number ones, some of my also rans, um, <laughs> One of the greatest synth solos of all time. This is uh, such a great record. Really I don't is. know where this falls in the time frame, um, but this is such a great record. Um, there it is. I it almost made it. Uh, I listened to it so so right now. Right now, this is what I'm listening to of like from Depeche Mode. Um, all my Depeche Mode is here. Oh, I really thought about this. Oh. Uh. Yes, I was just listening to the Age of Consent yesterday. 
Yeah, this is such a great That's record. good. That's so good. Um, it starts off so good, but um, like song for song, I, I ended up going with Low Life. Um, but yeah, yeah. What, what do you what do you guys have that was do? Oh, and when it comes to the Eurythmics, I think okay. So one of the reasons that like uh, spoiler alert, the spoiler alert. There's one of the reasons there's no Duran uh, Duran in my list is that when I wanted to like narrow down, like if there would have been a Duran Duran on my list, it would have been this one, but this right. doesn't make the cutoff. Hmm. I, um, I just think there's, so, there, I just think that Duran Duran is such a great band. I couldn't label them only a synth pop band. Like that's because they're, they're, they're so good. Like, dude, like uh, their, 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 uh, their bass and look at Alicia. <laughs> I mean, what year was it? That's what I'm looking at right I think now. It's like 82. It says 81. Oh, I thought Rio was 82. Yeah. 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 But that's that's definitely, I think if, if we're going to call one of the Duran Duran albums sent, that's 82. Yeah, this one's 82. Yeah. Oh, that one's 82. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I couldn't put any Duran Duran. When, when I tried to find like one Eurythmics record, like I couldn't. And then I think that's when I realized that I think I like solo Annie Lennox more than I like the Eurythmics. I don't know. That might get me slapped in some circles, but uh, <laughs> maybe I like getting slapped. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see, um, I don't know if I sent you the link, but there's a duet with Annie and Dave um, in some opera house with uh, Pavarotti. No. And they're singing, um, da 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 and it wow. sounds so good. <laughs> no, but have you ever seen the duet of uh, Annie and David Bowie doing Under Pressure? Yes, you sent that to me. That's why I thought maybe I had sent the oh. other one to you. Yeah. But look what I found, Sarah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, oh, with the hype. Look at that, with the hype sticker. Seriously. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. This is um, Please, and it also was very solid. Yes, that is a really great album. Uh, what do you what do you have in your, on your also rans? Uh, we'll go Sarah because then that way we'll do Alicia's also rans, and then Alicia can go right into her number one. So Sarah, what okay. do you have in your also rans? Okay, so I also had okay, so I'd already mentioned technique because that was my way of sliding it in, but power corruption and lies um, by New Order was also in there. Um, it, again, it because most of these didn't fit the timeline, um, but. Depeche Mode's Violator also for me was a very memorable album. It was the first album I really remembered. It was came out on my eighth birthday. And um, I just remember my brother picking me up from school um, in his new car and had just gotten Violator from the, from the warehouse. And just, we listened to every single song over and over again. So just so much like, like emotion and memory tied to it. Um, I also like The Cures, as I mentioned, Wish, but Disintegration is another great album. Um, and then Duran Duran's Rio. Um, and I wasn't ever like, again, not a huge Duran Duran fan. Like I liked the songs that I knew, but I never fully ever listened to every single album. And then I was trying to figure out where to put Joy Division. Um, because I, they're like, you know, they had before they split, before they split off and became, um, New Order, like they had, they had like two solid albums that came out, but just was fraught with so much drama basically but I wanted to figure out how to put joy division in there but it just wasn't I couldn't figure out where to put it but they're yeah. they're, in my, they're in the last of my honorable mentions all right 
Alicia, what do you, what do you, Alicia looks like she. I'm uh, going through all this, all my uh, records right now. Sorry, getting a little carried away. Um, I had um, had to make a choice between um, my number five, which was the Eurythmics and um, uh, the Cure. So I had to leave the Cure off um, because really I wanted to put on, um, you know, give a nod to head on the door, but Japanese whispers was like, I don't know if it was an EP or whatever, but um, that's the one that I really wanted with the walk, let's go to bed and love cats, you know? So that, that would have been the one that I would have put on um, or maybe standing on a beach, but um, yeah, I, I ultimately left it off because I, <clears throat> I knew somebody would put them on first of all. And um, I don't know, I just love Annie Lennox. I'm, I'm super in an Annie Lennox mood like over the last year yeah. and rediscovering her online and, and stuff like that. But- um, Okay, Alicia's also Rams. Uh, See, so I don't really think that NXS falls into this category, but I wanted to share them with y'all because they were so much more than just a synthesizer. They just yeah. had, they were a rock band. And, um, and this one too. That's, yep. that is such a great record. I have yeah. got that. And then this one I love, I don't know if you recognize it, Spandau Ballet. Mm. Um, it had Only When You Leave, Highly Strung, I'll Fly For You, Round and Round. And I just love all of those videos and all of those songs from that um, album. I used to have their golden, or their golden, um, their greatest hits. And I don't know what happened to it. So that makes me sad. Um, and then also I had this one gifted to me. Woohoo! Oh, nice. They gift it to you and they sell it to you. I don't know. I might have paid you for it. I don't I know. I sold it to you. Yeah. <laughs> but hella cheap. But I wouldn't have, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to find it. That's one that I found at a Goodwill for like five, well, like two bucks. And right? I think it's for five. And this is also one that I'm, I'm surprised nobody has said. That is such a great record. That first, the first yeah. Culture Club and the first Cindy Lauper, they slap still to this day. Right. And then this one, um, nobody's mentioned the Thompson Twins. No, but I they went through my brain when I was thinking about yeah. that. When I was thinking about all of this stuff. But if, I, if I'm putting my also rans based on like my heart of hearts loved every single one of these songs, mm. general public has got to be on it in that conversation. And then also, my fan just came unplugged. Um, Scritty Politty. Yes. I you, loved this one. I played the hell out of it. Here's a story. Here's a story. Uh, the lead singer from Scritty Politty was in another band that wasn't as pop as Scritty Politty. Greer and, Garside. And what, what, do you know the name of the band? No, the guy's name's Greer Garside. Oh, okay. So yeah. Greer was, okay. Greer was in a band that wasn't Scritty Politty. He met Ian, he ran into Ian Curtis one night at a bar. And they were wow. both, they were, so Ian Curtis was already like in Joy Division and, and, and the, the guy was in this other band that wasn't Scritty Politty and they started talking and he was, he and Ian Curtis talked about that they were in bands that they felt trapped in the sound that the band was doing and that they wanted to do something different. And Ian was encouraging him to break up his band and start something. He's, Ian was encouraging him to just do it. 
if you feel that your band is going in a different is going in a different direction, just fucking do it. Don't let yourself get trapped. And he said that in his mind, he was like, but my band is so is starting to be successful. I don't want to give up that success, but I feel trapped. And two weeks later, Ian killed himself. And a couple of weeks later, he broke up that band and went on to form Scritty Politi. But he says if he had, if he wouldn't have had that conversation and that wouldn't have happened, he wouldn't have done that. He would have been trapped in this band that Ian was trapped in, you know? Um, I read that in... Um, this guy that writes for Rolling Stone has a, has a book called uh, Talking to Girls About Duran Duran. I think, I think his name is David Frick. And he, he, he's he got a bunch of short stories. And that's one of the stories in there. And, and the, the ultimate uh, a theme of that album, of that book is like, don't be afraid to love pop music. Like, yeah. it's like, there's nothing wrong about loving cheesy pop music because, you know, music is just supposed to make you happy. Yeah. But anyway... So Alicia, those are your also rands. Um, um, yeah, and I, I just feel like a lot of bands didn't see this list. Like, um, you know, the Psych First or Tears for Fears. Yeah. So, yeah. That makes yeah. me a little sad. Um, well, the yeah, thing just, was that if we, if we didn't make this category so narrow, it would have, there's just so much to talk about between really 81 and like 89 like so much great stuff came out it was just going to be too hard you know it would have yeah. gone on and on we're still going on and on and we made it as narrow <laughs> as we possibly could so alicia we're we're here we're okay at the, we're at the front door we're knocking what's your number one my number one i had to narrow down um but this is my all-time favorite album of theirs so uh black celebration mm. uh by depeche mode of course but um every single song on there is worth your time your money every single song um and they lead into one another in such a like it's so fluid side a and side b that you don't i i don't even know if they have like silence between some of the songs i think they they actually might even flow one into another in some cases but um just oh, question of lust question of time here's the house new dress but not tonight mm -hmm. i mean fly on the windscreen sometimes stripped Fucking stripped, dude. So I just, I mean, nod to music for the masses, even some great reward. And, uh, you know, construction time again, of course, with um, leave in silence, I guess. Yeah, just, I mean, um, we used to have all this vinyl in my house and then it, it went away. <laughs> but um, it, and got lost incidentally. Um, which is a heartbreak in of itself. But um, yeah, I, I just, I had to, that's where my heart goes. And I, I love um, music for the masses also, but um, I just had more strong feelings for Black Celebration. Gotcha, gotcha. That's my number one. Can't argue with that choice. Um, Sarah, what is your number one? So this just confirms that you chose 
you chose us wisely for this uh, <laughs> top five because my number one is also Depeche Mode's Black Celebration. Oh, um, it's hard to choose my favorite Depeche Mode album. Um, so narrowing it down by year was helpful. And right. I also went back and forth between music and the masses, music for the masses and Black Celebration. And in fact, my brother and I had a like full discussion about this because he thought it should be music for the masses, which has a lot of great, 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 great songs on it. But I agree. I think that Black Celebration um, is just beautiful. And some of my favorite songs that really strike a chord with me in so many different like emotions that I feel. Um, I, Alicia, I was going to ask you what your favorite track is. So mine is uh, my number, my favorite, one of my favorite Depression Mode songs is But Not Tonight. Yes. Uh, and it is just one of those songs that really captures that essence of like something that maybe is insignificant to other people, just something personally significant has, has, has happened to you. The last time I listened to the song and had that emotion with it was like the first night with um, the last guy that I dated. And it was just like a really great date. And I just remember driving home and thinking like, and playing, but not tonight. And just thinking like that emotion of like the moon is out, like everything is amazing. And it's just like your, you are your own little private moment of like contentment and happiness. Um, and you know, there's not a lot of songs that ca capture that emotion that it's just, it's just your little moment of happiness. Um, and then conversely, when I'm having my roughest days at work and I'm just kind of like blah about the world, I listen to fly on the windscreen. Right. And like that first line, death is everywhere. Right. Like, especially this last year, you know, I've had my ups and my downs and, you know, you just listen to that song and it's just, it's, it hits that pessimistic. I want to like be in this like loathsome space. Um, and then, you know, you get a question of time, a question of lust. I, I just, every song on that album has some emotion to speak to. Um, and, and it's hard because they have so many great albums, but that one really does um, capture the essence of a lot of what Depeche Mode is all about and how their music speaks to people. I would have to say, but not tonight was my favorite. And uh, a close second, because I do look forward to when that song comes on, um, would be Here's the house. I don't know. I just like the melody. Yeah, absolutely. It's one that of my favorites. Yeah, the nostalgia mm -hmm. of like your childhood or memories of, of a place. And I think I was remiss when I said that Construction Time Again had on Leave in Silence. I think that was the one ahead of it. But I think Construction Time Again is the one with love in, love in itself. But um, yeah, also, um, yeah, none of them for this time frame spoke to me more than Black Celebration. Mm -hmm. There's the yeah. 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 Uh, love in itself more than a party. Right. Pipeline. Everything counts. Two minute warning. Everything counts. Yeah. The landscape is changing. Told you so. And then. Yeah. I think Leave in Silence is from a broken frame. I almost bought that album for a second time a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Do you hate when you do that? Uh, that's why I have everything cataloged now because it, <laughs> it happens. Um, man, I love you guys so much. <laughs> I, right now. I was like, man, you guys are the best. Um, yeah, so I almost put like, I was like, um, like 
10, 15 minutes before we started this, I was like, can I have two Depeche Mode records on my top five? I was like, but then like that was going to knock uh, the, the whole New Order choice was the Depeche Mode and the New Order choice were the hardest choices I've had to make in a very long time. Um, I, I will say I was a little shocked that Frankie made the list. It was, it was it's a gateway. It, it really opened the door to that. Now I'm like, right. now I'm almost like, uh, if we're doing this list over again, I don't know if it'd make the list. Maybe it'd be a, it'd be a, a an also ran now, but, um, and I don't know, but I'm happy with my number one because as much as I love uh, Depeche Mode, New Order, Erasure, all this stuff, Duran Duran, uh, The Cure, um, this album, when I when I first started collecting records, was one of the first ones I found at Dimple Records, and I I bought it on impulse, and then I came home and I played it, and I was like, every song is not like the singles that are on the album, but it 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 really is a sound, and um, oh, it's right here, yeah. So my number one. Ah. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. this is such a great song. And let me let me ask you this question: Why wasn't "Love Comes Quickly" like on a John Hughes soundtrack? It is such a great song, and right. um, it came out like like I said at the very beginning. Like it came out March twenty fourth, nineteen eighty six. That's the end of my freshman year in high school, and um, Weston Weston Girls was everywhere on the radio like you couldn't you, you couldn't go more than two hours and not hear west end girls and it's such a great album uh alicia i'm so jealous that you have a copy of this with the hype sticker man yeah. still in the shrink and in the with the hype that is insane. right okay i'm looking on the soundtrack right now for pretty in pink because um i just noticed the producer on on this particular pet shop boys album is stephen haig and i want to say that he does John Hughes soundtracks as well. Wow. Because like when the, when I was listening to this album this morning and Love Comes Quickly, I was like, this is like the perfect soundtrack song of any John Hughes movie. And that maybe it is, and, and I don't realize that it's on a soundtrack, but it deserves to be on, no, uh, it's on great. a soundtrack. And it's such a great record. And But the whole romance of East End Boys and West End Girls, like, you know, like, cause like the East End was the, was the, was the poor side of town and the, and the West End was the rich side of town and, um, of London and, um, right. Amy Winehouse, um, tragic life. But when she first made some money and was able to do whatever the fuck she wanted to do, she got herself a flat in the West End. And those were the happiest days of her life. Like she like had like the, just this party life and, she totally was a she got to be a West End girl for, for a couple of years. And um I don't know. I, I love this record so much. Um and like I said, and, and it's so synth. Um, but oh yeah, what is so great about it is like it's not all one sound, it, it really just goes all over the place. So that's why it's my number one because I just love it so much. So I love it too. Now we get to, this might be easier than I thought this was going to be because you guys are kind of making uh, a couple of these things a no-brainer. Um, 
as far as like where our top five is going to be. And I, I look, okay, look, I'm just gonna, hold on, let me write one, two, three, four, five. Also, um, Sarah, I found this digging through albums. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> that. Sarah, you need a record player in your life. I really do. I was thinking that. I, I don't know how I've done it's, a whole life without one. It's such a great hobby. And then yeah. there's like, there's three or four great record stores in town and just digging through, digging through the crates and finding something and then going home and just listening to it. It's the best. It's yeah. the best. Okay. I feel that um, bands like uh, Depeche Mode, New Order, and Erasure are definitely in our top five. Mm -hmm. um, and I am willing to hear what you guys, like what, what are the other two, before we, do, do we definitely say those three are in our top five. And I think, well, the Pet Shop Boys, but you said actually, and I have please. So the Pet Shop Boys got mentioned twice. And um, what are you guys thinking right now? Like, Depeche can Mode, we, go. What no, as I say, can we get the, cause I'm, I'm confusing actually and please right now. Like my brain can't differentiate which songs are on which album. Okay. Well, I just pulled it up because I didn't know that West End Girls was on Please. I think I had assumed it was on um, Actually. So, so Actually has one more chance. What have I done to deserve this? Shopping, Rent, Hit Music, um, It's a Sin, Heart. And then I don't, it could happen. It couldn't happen here in King's Cross or also two other ones. And then you have Please. I can also pull that up too. Okay, good um two divided by zero west end girls opportunities loves come love comes quickly suburbia um oh sorry hold on uh opportunities tonight is forever violence i want a lover later tonight and why don't we live together wait no that's another one sorry 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 i pulled up the wrong one that was like a ah here we go that's yeah so no, that's the right one sorry i pulled up like a remastered version yeah Ooh, this is a tough call. Um, or what number did you have actually, Sarah? I had actually at number four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, let me let me throw this out. Okay, so Sarah, you think Pet Shop Boys should definitely be on there? But think, yeah, it's been mentioned yeah. uh, in our top five and also had an honorable mention. I feel like they they should be they should be on the list. They, so the, no the 100%. Pet Shop Boys, please. What's that? I think please rank higher than actually at, on the two lists that had Pet Shop Boys. Mm -hmm. So what well, do you want to do with that information? So it's yeah. a number one. So you're saying it's a number one versus a number four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that should be the deciding factor, even though they are both neck and neck, yeah. you know, okay. they're both equally as good as the other. And Okay, so then, okay, so uh, Pet Shop Boys, please. Okay. That puts us at four albums. We're not sure where they're going to fall in the list. Uh, we're not, that's saying that um, The Cure's not making the list. Uh, the Arrhythmics aren't making the list. 
Duran Duran. Uh, and I'm not, I'm okay with Frankie Goes to Hollywood not making the list. But so I'm going to throw two things out. I'm going to say, do you want to put a Duran Duran record on there? Do you want to put a Cure record on there? Do you want to put a Eurythmics record on there? Or do you want to put two Depeche Mode records on there? Or here's my question. What Uh do we do about the erasure situation? Because two of you had Innocence and I had Circus. So are we just by default going Innocence? Oh, yeah. I was assuming by default we were going Innocence. But I'm ready to hear. Are you cool with that? Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah, Uh that's fine. Um, And then my other question was, do we also have honorables that met all of our, like, that we had in common? Oh, so let's hash out the top five, because that's mm -hmm. a harder question. And then, yeah, then we'll definitely say, um, I think what I'm saying is in favor of that last spot, that number five. Right. Like, I'm I'm okay to drop the Arrhythmics. I'm okay to drop Duran Duran if we all three can agree on putting one of the honorables up in number five. Okay, then what are some of the honorables? Did you write them down? I didn't write down any of the honorables. I know, I just had <clears throat> the cure head on the door. Or right. standing on a beach. Um, standing uh, compilation. Yes, so in that case, it would be Japanese Whispers, the one with the walk, let's go to bed and love cats. That was That's the one I really wanted. Um, Sarah had head on the door at number two. Was it number two, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, what? Okay. What if, let me, let me, not to cut you off, but just to make it easier for you, what if head on the door is number five on the list? I mean, I, I do that. Yeah. There's plenty of synthesizer in that. Okay. So we have the cure number five with head on the door. Now, we have Erasure, Pet Shop Boys, New Order, Depeche Mode. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Who's, I mean, I don't know. Uh, okay, I want to say that uh, we all had great things to say about Erasure, which I was like, I think like if you ask a, a you know, a, a regular person, synth pop, uh, Erasure is not going to come up, but when we dug into it and we like educated our, ourselves on it, all of us sung Erasure's praises. Um, true, they were number five on Sarah's list, number four on Alicia's list, number four on my list. But when we talked about them, it was it was with a lot of heart. So maybe okay. that makes it I, easy to put Erasure at four. Um, I would be okay with. Um that um i would say even since my number three isn't on the list bump it up to number three but it's up to you guys my number three was duran duran your number three was duran duran where did you guys put pet shop boys because i had pet shop boys as my number four but you guys had it up higher i had pet shop boys my number one alicia didn't have it i didn't have them yeah they were in my also's they were in her also ranks yeah I'm debating, I don't know what you guys think about making Erasure number four and Pet Shop Boys, if you just took the average of how we rank them, uh, Erasure number four and Pet Shop Boys number three. Yeah. 
And I'm then, okay with that. Yeah. Okay. And so then, I mean, who better to be at one and two than uh, New Order and Depeche Mode? But right. Well, because I think we all ranked New Order a little bit higher as well. Like it was right around two to number three. two. Yeah, yeah, mine was number two. I had, I had New Order number three. Alicia had New Order number four number two no mine was two yeah mine was number three number three and both alicia and i had low life um uh sarah had substance um, i'm fine with i'm totally fine with low life because substance was like a just a technicality <laughs> uh -huh. i was just trying to slide in what i wanted there but i think that yeah and then okay and then if we're going statistics then um yeah uh i had depression mode for, for the masses at two Alicia, well, you and Alicia both had uh, Black Celebration at once, so that's a no-brainer, right? So yeah, then that yeah. kind of makes it easy. So there it is. Uh, Black Celebration, Low Life, Please, Innocence, and Head on the Door is our top five. That is a great I love it. That's a solid top five. Shake it.